Alyssa Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up. Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena! <laughs> The Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now, your host, Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. How's it going? Hope you're having a great start to the weekend. There's a massive Bellissimo Files on the way. I'm going to be catching up with stars of Anatomy of a Scandal, Michelle Jockery and Naomi Scott. They're going to tell us all about the show and how YouTube helped get them through some intense scenes. I'm also catching up with Jack Davenport. We last saw him in Apple TV's um, morning show. He is now in Prime Video's 10%. If you're going, "Mm, 10%, that sounds a little bit familiar, but I'm not sure what that show is. Well, if you were a fan of the French show, call my agent. There's a British remake. I've seen the first two episodes. It is really good. Jack Davenport is going to be telling us all about that and some of the guest stars that are going to be appearing on the British version. I'm also going to get uh, give you a chance to win tickets to the Irish premiere screening of Doctor Strange in, t- in the Multiverse of Madness. And up next, I'll introduce you to our one to watch, Bradley Marshall. Files. One to watch. This week's one to watch is a Dublin-based artist-songwriter who has just released his first official single, Make Believe. It is Bradley Marshall. Bradley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great. Congratulations. Debut single out. How does that feel? Yeah, it's it's been quite a while since since you know we wrote that song and, and did vocals for it and stuff, like a couple of months. So it's great to finally just be out in the world and yeah, it feels great to have a song out again. What is the lead up to putting out your very first official single like? You know, this time was really different because I have a full team now working around me. So I, I have brought out a song before, but I don't really call that my official because I kind of just done it in my bedroom and you know, I've got a mate to produce it and stuff. But this time it was like a real studio, real people, writers. So like... Yeah, this time it's just amazing and like the lead up is always kind of, you always want to tell people about it but you can't so you have to keep it in and stuff but yeah, it's finally out so it's it's really great, it's a great feeling. This has always been a dream for you, so what was yeah. it like, like even before, you know, releasing the single, what was it like going into studio, writing with the team, having producers? <sighs> Since I'm a little kid, I've just dreamt of these things and even walking into a studio and just looking around, it's like I'm always just kind of in awe, like Jesus, I'm actually doing this so like, yeah, it's it's really great, and yeah, I actually this song I wrote with Jimmy Rainsford, Ryan Hennessy, and Owen Carter for a picture. Of this so like just to be involved with them people is just an absolute dream for me because I look up to every single one of them. So that was amazing. Yeah, how does that feel to say that? Like, can you believe you're seeing those three names? <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Like people that I look up to, and you you think you know sometimes you think oh, I'll never work with these people, and then it happens. You're like, wow, like. I'm actually yeah. here doing this. How did you make it happen? Because there's a lot of people listening now who are doing exactly what you were doing, releasing covers online, um, producing their own music from their bedroom. How did you go from that to being in a room with Picture This? It, it kind of all took off really from TikTok. It's a huge app right now for just every artist. And so last year I was really blown up on it, kind of. And I was getting like, you know, thousands of followers each day, each day, each day. And that's actually when Jimmy seen me on that. And obviously he, he liked what he saw, so... Yeah, and then we started talking. We did a few songs together and we, the first one we came up with was Make Believe. We'd done that. I think last November I recorded that. So it's been quite a while since, and then I only came out in April, so. What was it about Make Believe? Because you have a whole heap of other songs as well that you could have yeah. put out, you recorded them as well. Why was this one that you went, you know what, this is going to be the official first single? We just thought that this is really powerful. 
probably a bit more than the other. So like to bring out a really powerful song, make a statement on the first one. And just like the background of, of the song, you know, like I think a lot of people can relate to it because everybody has kind of loved somebody and that love wasn't really reciprocated. Most people have been through something like that, you know, and people don't really like you back as much as you like them and stuff. So I tried to pick the most relatable song to bring out that, you know, people could, could listen to. So that's what I've done. Bradley, there's one line in there that really got me. Even if it's not forever, I just want to be a chapter. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my favourite lines. Yeah, so it was just you just want to hold on to that little bit of what you've had, even if you know that person doesn't love you back. So yeah, even if yeah, it's a great line. I love that line a lot. I was on your Instagram and I saw you play the Academy recently. What was it yeah. like taking to that stage? I mean, the crowd was absolutely amazing. Like you know, they were singing songs back. You know, I sang like I sang a couple of originals that are unreleased, and you know, people were texting me after saying, "Release this song, release this song," and stuff. So it's great to get feedback like that. Yeah, like I'm pretty, it was pretty much nearly sold out. So it was actually my first time playing in front of like that many hundreds of people and it was it was went perfect I couldn't ask for it to go better so yeah I'm really happy with that you said the crowd was singing lines back to you what is that yeah. like hearing your own lyrics sung back at you there's no other feeling like it really there really isn't you know I brought out a song called Lost yeah people were actually singing that back to me so like that was crazy and that's, that's what you dream of as an artist you want people to sing back your songs and hopefully one day I can headline a show and everybody can sing every song that I do back to me so, so this is just the beginning what yeah. is next for you what, what are your hopes I hope to do more gigs in the near future. Um, I hope to bring out a song around June, hopefully. Um, yeah, just keep working hard, keep writing, keep getting in with people, different people and you know, different cultures and just keep working hard. I think that's the main thing, just keep your head down, work hard and everything around you will just come to life. And enjoy it at the same time because this oh, is amazing. If people want to follow what you're up to, give us your socials. Yeah, so my Instagram, YouTube, everything like that is Bradley Marshall Music. And then my Twitter is just Brad Marshall Music. So it's a little bit different. And TikTok? Yeah, Bradley Marshall Music with us. Brilliant. Well, Bradley, good luck with everything. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. It's an honour. Before I let you go, will you introduce your official first single? Yes. My name is Bradley Marshall. And my first single, Make Believe, is on the Bellissimo Foils. And I'm the one to watch. A love like this one. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. You might know Michelle Dockery as Lady Mary in Downton Abbey and Naomi Scott as Jasmine from the Aladdin live-action film. Well, they're now joining Sienna Miller and Rupert Friend in Netflix's Anatomy of a Scandal. It's a psychological courtroom drama that looks at privilege amongst Britain's political elite and how much they can really get away with and for how long they can do so before it finally catches up with them. I caught up with Michelle and Naomi to talk all things Anatomy of a Scandal. Michelle and Naomi, this show was a hard watch, but a must watch. Michelle, how do you prepare yourself for such an intense role? And then more importantly, how do you mind yourself when you're going through this? Yeah, interesting. I've never prepared more, actually, for a role. It was pretty intense having to get into the shoes of a barrister. And I worked really closely with someone, a barrister, who coached me through pretty much all of those courtroom scenes and with a role like this it was really important to have some levity in between particularly in those courtroom scenes which we 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 talk a lot about in that you know they are very intense and we all have to sort of support each other and and then in between it's important to have just some humor and some some light moments Mm. because of course it is such an intense subject and you know I there was a certain amount of kind of energy reserving I had to do for this role. I'm I'm quite chatty on set. I like hanging out and 
asking everyone what their evening was. You know, I, I'm yeah. sort of very chatty and, and I had to really stay in the zone a bit more for this because she is a sort of quite isolated character and I felt that was quite useful in a way until Naomi turned up and then I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Naomi, girls, what can you do? <laughs> but how, how do you do that? Because you do, as Michelle's saying, you do, you do need to sort of switch off and go, <laughs> I, I need some normality. But then, yeah. Naomi, those scenes were intense, terrifying. How do you go from, oh, and your weekend, you did this, this and this, and go. How did you oh, balance the two? It's a good question. I think I was asking myself that throughout and learning, <laughs> learning as I went, actually. But as Michelle said, I think levity is really important. It helped that we were doing the scenes almost like a play. They were like, you know, 15-minute long scenes. And doing wow. them as a whole, I think, really helped with the natural progression of the scene. Because obviously sometimes when things are chopped up, for editing purposes, you might be after lunch on one shot and, you know, before mm. lunch, and it can feel a little bit disjointed, but it was it was nice to kind of like um, to do it all in one. And then for me, it's funny, actually, something just came to mind. I remember my chair was like, um, in, so for example, just to give you an example of me learning, I was like, oh, I, you know, I kind of need my space to conserve my energy and to mm. kind of like, and, and I almost isolated myself at first and was like, oh, I'm going to put my chair like near, you know, where I'm going to walk in because I was almost like worried. I didn't want to break anything that I was in. And then I very quickly realized, oh no, I'm not going to be, this is not actually going to give me the energy. I need to be around people. Mm. And, um, and so I was like, came back over and like changed with my chair. And I was, I was like, let's watch some YouTube videos. You know, I need, we need some fun stuff to look yeah. at. Um, Through and our so, visors and yeah. plastic, you know, that was very intense time. Oh yeah, we had know, like plastic, plastic inside. And like we had these sort of pods. You know, so we'd be sort of talking through these plastic <laughs> things. I have a very funny picture of you, actually. With thing. Um, so, yeah, so I think I was learning as I went. And then, obviously, in the courtroom itself is so impressive in terms of the, the set. Um, and walking out, it, it's really nerve-wracking. So it's almost like the environment really kind of puts you in that space. Yeah. So, and I always say this, if me, if me as an actor who's just you know, playing a role and none of, none of it is, is real. If I'm feeling that nervous, I can't imagine how someone must feel having to walk out and, um, retell their trauma to people who aren't necessarily supportive, but are, are actually deciphering whether you're even telling the truth or not, or, or kind of, you know, judging you in that way. Mm. Um, so I think definitely that was an eye opener for me, but no, we, we definitely had some laughs in between. Well, Michelle and Naomi, I could talk to you so much more about this, but we're going to have to let the audience do the talking because there's so many talking points coming out of this TV series. I just want to say a massive thank you and thank you for taking the thank time. You. Thank you. Anatomy of a Scandal is streaming on Netflix now. If you missed our interview with um, their co-star Sienna Miller and Rupert Friend, you can catch it back now. It is up on the website, spin1038.com, as is the interview with um, Michelle and Naomi. Let's go! Double listenable files. What to watch. What to watch. 
Joining me in studio now with some great recommendations and maybe with stuff that we should stay away from is our very own Deidre Malumbi. Dee, how's it going? It's going very well. I kind of like what we're doing this week. We're talking about two uh, Netflix uh, releases, one of which is a TV series that's come back after all of these years and a new documentary. Can we start with a documentary? Because mm-hmm. I think we are all intrigued whether you love this shop or you don't. Abercrombie and Fitch. We're all intrigued by it. Oh, absolutely. So this uh, documentary is called White Hot, um, which is kind of a reference to the fact that, you know, it was so like popular and then it completely like all fell apart. And then the fact that it was such a kind of, you know, white brand, which is kind of like freaky when you think about it. But yeah. I think that we all remember, yeah, the whole thing of like going into the store and it being so dark and those models that greeted you at the entrance. And really smelling, like a nice smell, yeah, but it, yeah. it, it just, it was an overload on all of your senses. It was such a like, you know, all encompassing brand like yeah. I don't think that we'll I don't think that we'll ever forget it across our entire lifetimes and it's kind of crazy that it went like to that degree but um, essentially this uh, documentary kind of uh, follows how it was marketed and kind of the dark underbelly with what was going on with that brand as well um, is it any good? Because Netflix mm-hmm. has been putting out a lot of documentaries lately that have people talking. Is this going to have people talking? Absolutely. I mean, I th- it's funny that you're saying that Netflix has pr- been producing so many documentaries because I think that maybe that's part of the problem is that some of these documentaries, they feel like I mean, maybe a little bit more rushed and it comes at about 90 minutes and you know that we love 90 We're minutes. We're happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm hoping that's not a complaint, T. I mean, the only thing is that it almost felt like it was struggling a little bit even to fill up that... 90 minutes so I almost wonder if it should have been like an episode of a TV series say looking at like all the brands like you know say United Colours of Benetton and The Gap and stuff like that I think that that would have been like maybe more interesting because you know how Netflix have you know shows like the toys that made us looking at toys or the films that made us looking at films so maybe that would have been kind of a better you know uh, road to go down but I think that this brand so many people will remember it that you are going to be so intrigued to watch it anyway and I mean I didn't know about um, the degree of the racism to its structure and I mean that's really delved into and it's really kind of eye-opening just how far it went and it's kind of shocking to see how much they got away with for so long and the fact that this is very very recent history. Yeah. You know, it sounds interesting. What would you mm-hmm. give it out of five? I think I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. I think it's worth checking out. Okay, let's move on to a series that I can't remember if this was start of pandemic, pre-pandemic. It just feels like it's been a while. But when it first hit our screens on Netflix, everyone went wild for Russian Doll. Oh, this was way pre-pandemic, which was goes it? to show yeah. how, okay. how long, how long that that period in our lives was. I think the first season was out something like 2016 or 2017, was it but that, it wasn't. It was ago. that long ago. I swear to God, it was that long ago. I mean, it's it's absolutely nuts. Yeah, and it's finally come back for season. Oh no, wait, no. Now I'm looking at the years. It was 2019. In fairness, it wasn't okay, that bad. I, okay. I feel better. Breathe I was like, sigh of where learning. did all those yeah, years yeah. go, Dee? Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, what is? <laughs> good luck trying to explain <laughs> what is going on. I watched the first series and I still can't tell you what's going on. In I Russian mean, Doll. It, the best way to kind of summarize it is it's basically like Groundhog Day. So you're following this uh, young woman in New York who is played absolutely fabulously by Natasha. Leon, who people might recognise from American Pie and um, Orange is the New Black. She's she so was in American yes, Pie. She's fantastic in this and she was one of the co-creators on it but she plays this uh, young woman in New York who keeps on dying and waking up again and it is her birthday so she has to kind of find her way out of this strange time loop and basically in season uh, two she, there's kind of a time travel element as well and I think that's enough information to leave you on. Oh wow, let's take a clip. There are things in life that cannot be explained. 
Inexplicable things happening is my entire modus operandi. I've heard mixed reviews on season two of Russian Doll. What mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I mean, the funny thing is I only watched season one recently because I heard there was going to be a season two, which I feel like a lot of people usually do. They're like, oh, yeah. well, if it's coming back for a new season, you know, now I have something to binge on. Um, I absolutely adored season one. I was completely immersed in it, binged it all once yeah. in the afternoon. I just couldn't, I couldn't stop watching it. I think, uh, like I said, Natasha Leon is brilliant. Charlie Barnett as well, who's kind of her um, on-screen part- partner. He's brilliant as well. So they're both back for this series. I mean, the way season one ended, I was kind of like, do they need a season two? No. I don't know if it was ne- like if it was necessary. And what I will say about this season is that it does feel a bit filler, but in terms of like returning to their those characters and their stories and kind of their traumatic past, I thought that there were some interesting things that were delved into. As for a season three, don't think it's going to be necessary. But if you're a fan of the first one, I think you'll still enjoy it because it's always great to return to characters who you know yeah. and love, but it's not as good as season one yeah okay <laughs> putting in give it out of five I'll give it three out of five stars okay not bad yeah. Deja Malumbi as always thanks a million and we will catch you next week thanks for having me this is the Bellissimo Files exclusive to Spin you're listening to the Bellissimo Files on Spin with me Serena where I am now so excited to talk about this next show that is coming to Prime Video if you were like me over the pandemic. You got addicted to the French uh, Netflix series, Call My Agent. It is so, so good. It is basically about a group of agents and them trying to navigate life and work. And now there is a British remake. In this remake, um, Jack, Jack Davenport plays John Nightingale. He's the son of the founder of the agent who all of a sudden dies. And all of a sudden the agents, the agents in there are trying to figure out how do they keep the agency going? It is so good. I'm always a bit dubious when it comes to remakes, but this is so well worth it. Let's get a catch up with Jack Davenport. Jack and John, I was a massive fan of Call My Agent. So I have to say, I went into this with a little bit of trepidation. So did we. Yeah, me too. Well, let me just say, I absolutely loved it. But Jack, how did you feel when you're remaking something that's already a massive success? It's a combination of things, isn't it? It's There's a responsibility to not f*** up. Wanting to, like, build on a beautiful superstructure that's already there and to try and you know, kind of leverage the fact that culturally the French and the British, whilst it might only be 25 miles of English Channel, it might as well be the moon. And so the combination of a sense of responsibility, but also a kind of excitement, because on one level it, it it's tried and tested, but that, that, that comes with pitfalls, potentially. But once I got the, the, the initial scripts for this, I was like, oh, this is good. I'd like to do this, please, if you'll have me. You know, we wouldn't be having this conversation if a French one didn't exist. Yeah. But hopefully what we've done is both like honour the original, but also move it on in ways that are particular to kind of British culture, I suppose. John, something we love about this show is the cameos. I mean, episodes, I've only seen episode one and two, can't wait to see the rest. But, you know, Helena Bonham Carter, um, Kelly MacDonald. What do you do? Do you write and then hope? that they become a part of it, or do you ask and then write? Like, how does that work? No, there's a lot of hoping. It's mostly hope, which is the <laughs> hope that kills you. No, I mean, we. The, the truth is quite prosaic and quite to do with 
practicalities, I'm sure we won't be surprised, really. The truth of it is... There's lots of agents involved. Well, yeah, there are. But also, all these people are are very busy and they're committing all the time to big chunks of work. You know, a movie somewhere for eight weeks, a Netflix series for months. And we would want, we would need them for sort of eight days, let's say, which is a small amount of time for them. And they, even if someone really wants to do it, says, I love this, I'm I'm up, up, yes, sign me up, I'm up for it. You know, six weeks later, the movie changes by a month and they can't do it anymore. So we knew, and I knew from the French experience too, from their experience, that I think a lot of the people who ended up in their first season were not the names that they started with. Um, for that reason. And so we had to be very pragmatic in writing and I, I would put a n- with name into a script and I would have to say to everybody, look, this is a placeholder. We work on the assumption it's not going to be that person and we have to find a story that's robust enough to be believable of a number of different people and then we just have to trust our, trust our luck. Um, but we ended up getting lucky eight times. I mean, that's uh, incredible. Well, I'm hoping you're going to be lucky a lot more times. So, Jack, I'm going to put it out there. Season two, I know nothing's been confirmed, but as I said, after seeing the first two episodes, I'm pretty sure there's going to be season two. So who is your on your dream list of guest stars for season two? Good question. I, I mean, you know, the tri- the, 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 the dodge, there's not even a dodge. The thing, as John has said, you, you can't really plan for who the guests are going to be. And having done this first season one of the real pleasures of it is watching and in, in, in the case of the first season weirdly i've either worked with or known like 80 percent of the guests <laughs> for 20 years so watching them like figure out how much they're going to reveal of themselves in real time is a great pleasure in itself so to be honest it doesn't really matter to me who it is because the reality of seeing any guest kind of you know, pick their way through how they're going to navigate this is is really really fun, and I get to of course hide behind a character, so I'm sort of safe. <laughs> um, so so it's it's it, it was a bit weird at the beginning because I'm like the first guest I worked with was Olivia Williams, who I really have known since like 1995, <laughs> and I I found it quite um, destabilizing. I was like, wait a minute, hang on, you're you kind of, but I'm not me. <laughs> And this is, oh, I don't know what's happening. Um, and then I, I got with the programme, but it, for a minute it was, I found it quite, really weird. And I've sort of, it was it was a very new experience for me. You know, after 30 years, I've done most things that actors get asked to do, but that was a whole new realm. So it was kind of fun. Well, Jack and John, I hope you have more of those weird experiences because I really want a season two. Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Season one of 10% is coming to Prime Video on April 28. Let's go! No, it's not. That's what I watched. We, we had that. Um, it's time for this. Break, 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 break it down. The Melissa Files. What did I miss? Five, four, three, two, one. Joining me in studio is producer Aoife. Aoife, there's been a lot going on. There has. And Serena, I have to admit, there's been something this week that has... Riled me up. Oh, that's not really? like you. What's not going like on? me at all. So, as you know, I'm a big tea drinker. I love a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me you're getting riled up about tea. I know. Now, look, any Irish person will relate to this who likes tea because we do love our tea and we're very passionate about it. But I was very <laughs> upset to learn there's a chemical engineer who's come out and is now telling us all. You know the way they like to come out and do this every so often? Yeah. Tell us all we're doing everything wrong in life. 
and they've now taken to tea and told us we're making our tea wrong. How can you be making tea wrong? Unless you're putting in, and look, I'm not a tea drinker, but if you're putting in your milk before you're putting in the hot water, no. Yeah. No! Apparently that's the way we're supposed to do oh, it. come on. Like the, no. <laughs> no. That's just... If it was April 1st, I'd be going, that's that's a so, April Fool's joke. The only reason that I am kind of reading into it is because he is a chemical engineer, Dr. Andrew Stapley from Lockborough University. He can be a doctor of whatever. I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, if you put your milk into the water after it like scalds the milk too much. You're supposed to do it the opposite way around. And if you ever make a cup of tea and you get those little bits floating on the top of it, you know that happens sometimes? No, it's really. like there's like a separation. Apparently if you put the milk in first, that doesn't happen. Yeah, but you also get grossed out. So look, each yeah. to their own. But no, doctor... It's like people who put milk in the bowl before the cereal. I just can't get on board. No, how do you know how much you need? Yeah. And how much you want? No, no, I'm not buying that. I can see why you were... Yeah, yeah up it really arms. got to me this week. Yeah. I don't like... And tea is tea at the end of the day. I know everyone has a preference, but... We should all be allowed to drink our tea how we want it. Exactly. I'm not <laughs> listening to Doctor Whatever. Do, do you know what? Let's go on to some happy news. Can you believe it's 20 years since this? Can you believe it's 20 years since Girls Aloud actually released that? I can't year? believe that. They were like peak, ultimate girl band time in music. Yeah. And now, look, there's been a lot of talk about reunions and sadly, uh, Sarah Harding passed away last year yeah. of breast cancer. And at the time, um, the girls were asked, look, w- would you reunite in her honour? And they're like, no, Kimberly was saying, this is too much. It's, yeah. it's too soon. And I completely understand that. But recently... In a magazine, Nadine Coyle just said that the girls are seriously considering coming together for one night only um, to honour Sarah Harding and to raise money for medical equipment that helps diagnose um, cancer at early stages. To help That's really nice. I love it? that. They're not yeah. just coming back for the, the sake of it, which no. we see a lot of bands do. And, you know, yeah. they come back together because, I don't know, maybe they, they need more money or something for themselves. We can but all this understand is, that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a really, really nice reason for them to all get back together. Yeah. And I would love to see that. Yeah, so we'll watch that space. So hopefully, yeah. yes, it would be a one night only for a good cause. So yeah. we'll be watching. I'll be all over Nadine's socials more than usual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we were very lucky this week. We did get to get back and see a gig and see an amazing pop artist on Thursday night. We were at Dua Lipa. She is phenomenal. So, so good. Now, yeah. obviously, Dua was the main the main moment. But what I loved seeing was, I don't know if you remember, I remember I was saying to on the night, I, can't, I know that guy who's one of her dancers. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And I finally found out. So, Zach Milne, who was on Ireland's Got Talent, yeah. is actually on tour with Dua Lipa. And do you know, when we finally figured that out as well, we were just as proud watching him. Yeah. We were there watching Jua going, oh, phenomenal. If you do get a chance to go to a Jua Lipa show, go. She is amazing. So but we were watching him as well. Yeah. So Zach was on Ireland's Got Talent. He also owns a dance studio in Glasnevin. And I was like, oh, is he just doing the Irish tour? He's been in the US with her. He's now going all over the UK. Amazing to see him doing so well. Isn't it? Yeah. And if you do want to follow him, uh, follow him on Instagram. He has a great he, social media. Yeah, yeah. And he's posting everything yeah. from the tour. So. Yeah. The Bellissimo Files. Favorite things. Favorite things.
Magic Goes Wrong comes to the Borgosh Energy Theatre from the 10th to the 14th of May. Stephen Fry has described the show as joyously silly and entirely wonderful. Joining me now to share his favourite things is one of the stars of the show, Sam Hill. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me about this show. I'm intrigued, especially by the it's, title. It's a great show. It's it's, uh, it's In many ways, it's the biggest... I mean, it's got so much going for it, but in many ways, it's the biggest magic show in the UK right now, I think. It's simply because of the scale of the tricks we do and the the, the amount of material that we perform over the two hours. It is, uh, it's mad. It is like, it's a crazy, crazy show and you'll have such a good night out. Basically, the premise is that my character, Sophisticato, has inherited all of his dad's props. His dad was also a famous magician called the Great Sophisticato and has decided to put on a charity fundraiser event for the victims of magical disasters. Uh, and so they, they perform basically hoping to avoid magical disasters but manage to kind of like mess things up uh, as they go along. It's, it's a high farce as well in, in the same similar tone to like other mischief shows. Um, so we've got, uh, you know, my character, Fiscato, is like a classic magician. We've got uh, the Mind Mangler, who's a, a, like a real fan favourite uh, mind-reading act. Uh, we've got the Blade, played by uh, Kiefer Moriarty, who's from Sligo. Um, so he, he can't wait to be uh, at the board, gosh, he's so, so excited. Uh, but he's our, he's our danger magician. Like, there's a trick where he's uh, holding his breath in a water tank while I'm doing a card trick, for example. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it's crazy. So how much magic did you know before I, you were cast? I knew, like, nothing. And pretty much everyone was, like, didn't really know much at all. And then in the four-week rehearsal process, we worked with a magician called Ben Hart, who's the magic consultant, and we now are obsessed. All Do of you the know the secret? I do, yeah. <laughs> I see them happening backstage. <laughs> well, look, we're not going to get you to share your magic tricks with us, okay. but we do want you to share the secrets behind the magic tricks today. But we do want you to share your favourite things. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. What TV show are you obsessing over right now? Loki. Really? I couldn't get into yes. that. I love it. I love how weird it is. And, like, I just love the kind of really strange universe and like the uh you know how like it's all very like multiversey but then there's also like this really kind of like bureaucratic and quite old like old school like props and things like like typewriters and things like that i love that favorite film yeah it's, it's really cliched but it is the godfather um i just love it i think the, the, the original in it is or all the original yeah yeah, yeah uh, just the first one, which is just superb. It's the, uh, like, just watching Al Pacino in that as an actor's dream. Do you have a favourite book? Yes, I do. Uh, it's Bleak House uh, by Charles Dickens. It's just a wonderful... It's like a... Because I, I grew up in London. Yeah. And I think something that Bleak House does is it's this incredible creation of, of London. Uh, especially the beginning, you know, all of these, like, meandering sentences that are, like, kind of long streets and and little alleyways. It's It's... Such an interesting book in that way. What song should everyone have on their pumped up playlist? Beast by Rob Bailey. Uh, it's just very aggressive. It's in. It's, it's like if you really want to pump some weights, it's pretty much perfect. It's got some very rude words in it, uh, like aggressive, like rap, uh, but it's brilliant. It's so good. <laughs> Do you have a favourite album? Uh, Five Leaves Left by Nick Drake. He's like a kind of folky, 
okay. uh, artist. He's a member of the 27 Club. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think, maybe like the late 70s, I think. Okay. What podcast are you listening to right now? Uh, Revisionist History, which is Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, and he just looks at like obscure bits of history and stuff. What app? Can't you live without? City Mapper, because my, my sense of direction is appalling. <laughs> I've been to 28 cities this year, and I just don't know where I'm going a lot of the time. <laughs> I was going to say, on the tour, you, you yeah. do get to see a lot of cities. Do you get to see a lot of cities while you're there? Like, while you're in Dublin, you for four days, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so excited to go to Dublin. I've been to because I've been to Dublin once before, but I can't wait. And especially, so usually, like on a Friday, I have a bit more time in the day because we only do one show, so I don't have to be in for the matinee. So that's usually my day to like pot around, you know, go explore Dublin. Uh, and I've got the weekend there as well. I'm going to stay. You know, my girlfriend's going to come visit, and then I like just do Dublin. So definitely going to go to the Guinness factory, uh, which I've never done before. And I really like the public library as well, because uh, you've got a really good Yates exhibition uh, in, in, at the bottom, uh, which sensing, is just great. I'm sensing a theme here. You're a real history buff, aren't you? I like history and, and literature a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have lots of those. But out of interest, do you have any recommendations for, for Dublin? I love the Phoenix Park. Um, Phoenix Park, okay. Oh, it's just an incredible city park. There's like the house where our president lives, but then there's all these different areas and you can go for a cycle there. There's deer roaming free. Right. Yes. Yeah, so if you can get there. the, if it's a gorgeous, if it's not a gorgeous day, just stay away. But if it's a gorgeous <laughs> yeah, day, okay. get down to the Phoenix Park. Um, you'll definitely be using your city map app when you get here. Though. Good. Yeah. I'm sure I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, your yeah. favourite account to follow on social media? Uh, Florence Pugh. She has like a cooking account. Uh, which is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, she's brilliant. She's a really, really, really good cook. And it's just her in her kitchen. She's very good. She doesn't, like, waste anything either. So she's got loads of tips on, like, how to not waste food. Um, really delicious cooking. Like, And also she's just incredibly charismatic. Okay, definitely adding that one. And finally... Yeah. When you're not working, your favourite thing to do on a weekend? It's So it's to cook, uh, either with or for my girlfriend. Um, is like, so we relax together. And then we, because, you know, one of the things about touring is that, like, I don't usually have time to cook. Sometimes I don't have a kitchen and work in my accommodation. So, like, I don't really get to cook very much. Uh, so you sort of find yourself craving, like, like simple home cooked food, uh, and so on the weekend I usually do that. That is my thing. That sounds lovely. And but watch loads of Loki uh, and watch Loki. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, but you will be spending a weekend here in Dublin soon because you will be at the Borgosh Energy Theatre from the 10th to the 14th of May with Magic Goes Wrong. Sam, we can't wait to see you and the show here. I can't wait to come. It's going to be brilliant. Let's go. This is a new music spotlight on the Bellissimo Files. She's back in studio with me now. Producer Aoife has some great new tracks to bring us. I really do, and I'm loving this week's. I know, as I said in the last few weeks, I've been bringing you so much dance stuff. And, and this I'm week not is, complaining. No, but this week is a little bit different, and I'm quite liking that as well. Okay. So, first up, of course, the man everyone's talking about this week. He is, of course, playing in Croke Park tonight. Ed Sheeran has released a new song with Lil Baby. Um, there's a lovely story behind this, but I'll give, a listen to, give you a listen to it first. This is called Two Step. Only me and my guys I've been having me a good time You can see it all in my eyes Two-stepping with shorty Got a rock inside the side You should let me know When you get ready to ride Cause you go all night Two-stepping with a woman I love All my troubles Standing up them When I'm in your eyes Electrified You keep turning up And go all night 
I don't mind that one. Yeah, and I actually, I think he works quite well with Lil Baby. Yeah. Yeah, so they, uh, this was, a, it's a remix of Ed's song and they've brought it out, but they've also brought out a video that was only like a few months ago recorded in Kiev in the Ukraine. Um, it was well before Russia invaded and the video is Ed walking through the streets of the Ukraine surrounded by dancers. And he's actually decided from that he's going to donate all proceeds of the singles to charities helping the Ukraine, which is amazing. I love him. Um, but it must be so mad to have been there yeah. and look where it is now. It's very sad. But yeah, great to see they're getting support from Ed. He's always well. good at doing stuff like that, yeah. at giving back. Um, I, I just have to mention, I'm going red at the thought he is playing <laughs> Croke Park tonight and tomorrow. Do you remember when the tour was first announced? And I was like, okay, it's the mathematics tour. And I went, and so he's playing his multiplication addition subtraction division <laughs> tour. I was thinking, what a stupid name for a I, tour. I remember you reading that out and you saying to me beforehand, that's a very odd name for a tour. That was my Ron Burgundy moment. Anyway, let's move on from that because Alessa and Zara Larson have music. Yes, so I was a huge fan of Alessa's most recent track with Katy Perry. Uh, I've been yeah. loving it. It's a banger. So great to see him doing another big collaboration. This is called Words. You're gonna run I really like that. Really, ever. really yeah. good. He seems to have a lot of good people working with him on writing the songs. Becky Hill was involved in this one as well. Oh wow! Has, you can kind of hear it when you when you know that. I which I love. Um, but those two are up for Belisma Files single of the week. While you are overvoting on Instagram, we're going to take a listen to this new one from the Kid Leroy. It is called A Thousand Miles. Say goodbye, and I will never Sell this one to me, Aoife. I actually, the Kid Leroy is someone, all of his tracks grow on me. Okay. They really do. And I remember Very even when selling. I heard, yeah, <laughs> I remember hearing um, Without You, which at the start I was kind of like, oh, and he has a very unique voice, yeah. which at times, I, well, at first I was like, oh, it's very different on the ear, but I definitely think it'll grow on you. Okay. All right. Um, something that doesn't need to grow on me is this. <laughs> Come on. Are you ready? Aoife's dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> Eva, this is a bit of a blast from the past. It is. So, I don't know if you remember Duck Sauce. Duck Sauce, 10 years ago, had a song called Barbara Streisand that drove everywhere. everyone demented. It's a very catchy earworm song. And yeah, it, basically, Duck Sauce are the collaboration of A-Track and Armin van Helden. They're back with a new song and it is called Put the Sauce on It. Okay. <laughs> Sound it. 
that takes me straight to Mykonos at the beach bar. I know. <laughs> I really like that one. It's really good. It's a bit more disco than the Barbara Stars and it's actually come on their EP as well. So there'll be a few more tracks there if you want to check them out. Aoife, great one. We're not playing that out as a blizzard. We're not. The I, this is for everyone who's heading to Croke Park tonight. It's the new one from Ed Sheeran and Lil Baby. It is called Two Step on the Bellissimo Files. Love that. You voted that your Bellissimo Files single of the week. It's the new one from Ed Sheeran and Lil Baby. Two Step. Don't forget as well. If you, Don't forget, forget to put your mic up though. <laughs> if you want to catch more of those new tracks that I played and some more, make sure you head over to the Spin website or app and you'll get our Fresh Hits playlist over there with all the latest new music. And if you missed any of our interviews, including chats with Naomi Scott and Michelle Dockery, mm-hmm. and actually last week we had their co-stars, Anatomy of a Scandal co-stars on Sienna Miller and Rupert Friend. You can get that back now up on our website, spin1038.com. Aoife, next week, are you a fan of Downton Abbey? I don't get into period dramas, which okay. I need to. Okay. Yeah, no, it is out in cinemas next week. And next weekend, we have some of the cast of Downton Abbey Yeah, that is us. exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'll be chatting to them on Monday and playing out that interview on, I was going to say Friday, but we're on Saturdays. Well, always been a Saturday, Serena. I, I think we need to go start our weekend. You enjoy what's left of your weekend. Up next, it's Jess. Bye.